I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Happy Good Friday. We are multi-passionate around here. We love a variety of things. We're super curious. So as always, we're nerding out, we're having fun, and we're getting jacked up on inspiration. You know, the usual eclectic mix of hilarious randomness. You mind if I have a swig of this? Go right ahead. <laughs> what the hell is this stuff? Gasoline. <laughs> Let's rock it. Yeah, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you for joining us here. I am The Real Brian. I'm Captain Influence. Who doesn't love a good bottle of gasoline in the afternoon? Uh, one, two, three, not it. Oh, I love it. It's good. Grog, gasoline. You always got to throw a little gasoline in your... Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that quote makes Fuel me laugh. Fuel the fire. <laughs> what is this stuff? Gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fantastic, man. Another day in paradise, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been happy. Well, you know, lately it's been March Madness and all kinds of fun stuff, which I'm thankful because last year we had zero March Madness. And, you know, this time of year. Yeah. So I was just telling Sarah, I'm like, you know, it's that that April tease, you know, like, oh, April's here, the end of March, you know, and then like, <laughs> oh, well, spring started back in, you know, March. What was it? 20, whatever it was. First. 21st. Yeah. But no, no, we don't get spring until May 12th or something like that here. <laughs> so it's like you just have to wait almost two full months, you know, while it's windy and brown and dry and cold. And there's like teases of warm weather and stuff like that. Yeah, but oh, yeah. no, no spring yet here, folks. So it's like yeah. March Madness kind of gets you through for us anyway. It gets you through that dreary time. It's been fun. Final fours this weekend. Championships Monday. Good times, man. A lot of fun. Who's in the final four this year? Uh, let's see. I don't even know. <laughs> I need to look. I put you on the spot. I love it. Yeah, I'm like, thanks a lot. I don't know. I need to go look. But, you know, honestly, though, none of my teams that I rooted for made it. I mean, I and I had, uh, of course, my Rams, you know, they went to the NIT. They truly got screwed out of the NCAA. And everybody agrees with that. It's kind of funny. But they did well. I had a bunch of other teams. I'm a huge fan of Loyola Chicago as well. And some other teams that I thought, oh, this is great. Like some underdogs and all that. So I was rooting for them all. They all lost. And after that, I was kind of like, yeah. I'm, I'm very peripherally aware of the, of the March Madness this year. You know, I'm not a basketball guy, but I watch Hulu a lot on my phone. And I get advertised in Iowa for those uh, online sports betting apps. Oh, yeah. uh, apparently, Iowa just recently, this, la- this year or late last year, I don't remember, uh, they, they made it legal for online gambling. And so, oh, okay. the, you know, the DraftKings, BetMGM, mm-hmm. FanDuel, those three companies are advertising the hell out of Iowa right now. Interesting. And every other commercial is either one of those three. And so I'm very aware that March Madness is going on because yeah. they're trying really, really hard to get me to bet online. Okay. So to be fair, it is finally warming up here in Colorado just a little bit. There was a day where we got to go bike. And the sun was, it was like finally almost back to that really nice intensity, you know, where it's like, oh, it feels good on the skin, getting that vitamin right. D and stuff. So Sarah and I went out for a bike ride. We got to soak in the sun for a little bit, sipped on a little glorious espresso. Very, very nice, very refreshing. And it was the weirdest thing because it actually felt like, because I was saying, I was feeling that cooped up, you know, not between yeah. the COVID cabin fever and the the winter, the long winter doldrums. You get out, you get that oh, like glimpse of spring and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I just took a breath for the first time in a few months. It's weird. Yeah, enjoy it while you can because the fire season's coming Dude, up. Dude, there better not be fires this year. <laughs> no fire. I'll be so angry. We uh, need like, we need a nice yeah. summer. It's been a, it's been a few years since we've had a really nice summer. Cuz they do skip years. I mean, uh, hopefully they'll skip a few more years before another bad fire year, so. Someone yeah. was predicting it's going to be kind of a dry year this year and I'm like, "No, we uh, really need a moderate year. We need good rain but not torrential downpours so we have floods cuz we don't need that." 
Yeah. And we really do need moisture though and cooler temperatures overall. Like I'm fine with the eighties. Keep it in the eighties, that's great. But none of those like ninety five to hundred and five degrees that we had last year. Oh, you know I like the eighties, Brian. I, totally. Are you gonna come enjoy the beautiful Colorado weather sometime? Because it's been a long it's- time since you've been here, man. Oh my God. It's really funny that you ask, Brian, because I finally did book my next trip to Colorado. Oh, I thought you were going to Beverly Hills. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> that would have been like valley. so amazing. Is Beverly Hills in the Valley? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm coming out in second week of May. Oh, so right. I get to see you again finally. Yay. The last time I was, last time I saw you was last June. Oh my gosh. So it's been. it's been a while. Yeah. Well, we'll get together either way. Have some of that right. uh, Himalayan, Himalayan. You know, that wouldn't be a bad idea to have some Himalayan bistro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, we we did just recently do a little uh, Young's, mm, that Vietnamese oh, that you like so dude. much. <laughs> you know yeah. I'm going to be hitting up the Young's uh, oh, yeah. Vietnamese when I'm there. So You know what I discovered yeah, about this? You know how we always, like all the guys that go, it's usually a pork Super Bowl. Yes. Well, it's I discovered that I like the chicken a lot better because they season it better. And I loved the oh, pork, but really? yeah, I started, I was like one day I wanted something. Well, cause I was doing that gluten free thing. The pork has gluten in it. Give me a break. So I said, well, okay, let me, um, let me get some chicken instead. Cause it's not, it's not gluten Pfft, weird. Do they have a chicken super bowl? They do. And the chicken has a glorious seasoning, which I cannot put my finger on it, but it is a similar oh. seasoning that I had when I was in Taiwan and I really liked it. But even though this is a Vietnamese style, there's a, a, some kind of, I don't know what seasoning. I wish I knew. It's it's almost like a maybe a curry, but not spicy. Yeah, but it's really good. I think I'm gonna, the chicken. I'm gonna have to try that. I'm yeah. gonna have to try that because chicken's better for you than pork. So well, but then you got the spring rolls in it that have pork, which those are still really good though. I I did try yeah, their not, uh, those have gluten in them too. <laughs> they're wrapped in you know gluten. Oh, yeah, but I tried the one that was rice paper only. It was called the crystal roll. That's what it was. It had yes. shrimp in it. Yep. It's okay. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of flavor. <laughs> That's the problem. It was good, but it didn't have much flavor. So I tried that the first time. Second time, I'm like, nah, I'll do the chicken, but I'll do the pork spring roll. And it was, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, step in the right direction. Well, and they deliver so you could sit outside, enjoy the beautiful green grass right. and nice weather when you're out here. Yeah, we'll bring some TV trays this time. So eating on uh, eating off our laps is a little awkward. Especially you know? if you're eating a bowl that has that fish sauce in it and you accidentally yeah. spill right uh, on your crotch and right then you're just like crotch. walking around. Like, oh, I swear hey, it was my what food. I do? What I do? I was what I do? Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't, I swear <laughs> I didn't. Well, I'm glad you're coming out, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. We got we got to get the gang together, the gaming gang, and maybe do a uh, oh, the, escape, uh, escape room. I don't know if they're even open right now. I've heard they are actually. Oh, because there's a lot of touching. <laughs> They're not cool. There is. There's no way there they can sanitize all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. I asked the group about it a few weeks ago, and they said, "Yeah, they've been they've been open and and pushing groups through." So interesting. Yeah, I can't interesting. see how that would be COVID friendly, but then again, maybe I can't either. I don't know. So let's do it. No, I, I, we, <laughs> you got vaccinated. We so. probably won't. Yeah, I'm I'm half vaccinated now. Yeah, oh, okay. So. so you're waiting for your second dose, and then you got two weeks after that before you're fully ninety four point five percent efficacy yeah and you know it'll be the week after i get vaccinated that i'll be out there so okay second shot okay yeah. yeah so you won't even be fully there yet because it's still a two-week period after you get vaccinated technically you'll yeah. be at like the 80 something percent range at that point probably yeah, i'll be uh, believe me i'm still going to be wearing masks in public oh, places yeah. Yeah. uh indoors uh etc so yeah it's it'll it'll all be good i love it man What's interesting is how many people got vaccinated here that were not in the so-called groups that they were calling. Really? Like they're just like, oh, I'm just going to go see if they have a dose and they oh, got yes. in and got Extra in. Extra doses after hours. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. And so they did it. I'm going to do it because I want to one, protect myself and two, respect others. Good for you. Dude, last week, I wanted to say this really quick. I forgot to mention that what people did not know, which is awesome, is that we recorded last week's episode a week prior. Yeah. I love it. We that. faked you guys out. Yeah. Took last week off from all of my client work and all of like anything that we quote had to do. Like not that doing the real Brian show is a have to by any means. We enjoy it, but it still is a scheduled item. So right. I'm doing all these air quotes over here like uh, Matt, you know, Chris Farley. Like <laughs> someday, perhaps I someday don't. we'll be able to see you do those air quotes, Brian. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should that's talk like, about that's that. That's a good segue into the next subject. Do you, do you right? remember the, the Chris Farley <laughs> thing where he was on the news and his hair was all slicked back and he's like, perhaps I don't wipe properly or I don't. <laughs> 
I don't have social skills. <laughs> He's doing all the air <laughs> quotes. See him in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing over here. I didn't even realize it. See, you know, That's if funny. we were doing video, you guys would be able to experience all of our ridiculous shenanigans over here. Shenanigans. I like that. Word. When we are doing video. Right. So here was the deal. I took last week off from the client work and the have tos did not necessarily take it off as like a vacation week, but I wanted to just allow it to be a whatever. If it turned into a creative week, if it turned into a week of inspiration where I was thinking of ideas for the show and other things like that, so be it. If I just needed to, you know, sit in front of the TV and drool because I was so tired, (laughs) that's fine too. I actually don't want to do that, but you know what I mean? I just, I needed to check out and I did tell you what though, coming back after one week. Oh, so not enough, man. Oh, really? Oh, my god! I was like, are, are your batteries charged? Not no. quite. No, Not you know quite. what? I took a, a sub, I don't know how many times. I don't know if I've mentioned. I've, I think I've mentioned it once on the show here. In 20, what was it? 16, I think. When I was doing Profit Cast, I took April off. The entire month, I got all of my work done in advance. It was It was a really hard, let me say how hard it was to get my work done in advance. And then I took the entire month of April off. And it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had having like a four week sabbatical the first week for an entrepreneur. It's really, really, really hard to unwind because you're just constantly in that habit of thinking and working in your mind, even if you're not actually doing anything on the computer or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't until I think halfway through the second week that I finally started to let down and just relax. And so by the end of that second week, I was fully relaxed and then getting into the third week by the, by the, like the half of the third week, I was kind of like, I feel rested now. I'm actually like, finally, it took me two and a half weeks to actually get to that point, but I'm rested. I feel refreshed. And for the second half of that third week, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I, I think I'm kind of ready to mm-hmm. start doing something again, but I'm good. And then by the fourth week, I was like, dude, I got to start working. I'm answering. <laughs> so for me, it's like, I really think three weeks is the magic number. Yeah. And it's hard to do. Most people don't get a, an opportunity to do that, but I don't think a week is ever enough for anyone. My my opinion, Brian, I'm going to stop when I'm dead. I love having a purpose in life. I love working and doing things that matter and yeah. I never will stop. Rest is awesome. But if I didn't have a purpose or a work, I'm not going to say a job because I'm not a fan of jobs personally. I love work. I love work that pays and I love having a purpose that makes a difference in this world. If I didn't have that, I think I'd be a pretty depressed person. Yeah. Everybody has a purpose and everybody needs to go out of that, go after that purpose Find and embrace that purpose. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, and a lot of people never do because, right. you know, multiple You're reasons. Right. Usually, usually the reasons are self-imposed. Sometimes there are external circumstances that, it's just an unfortunate scenario in life. But even then, I think people, what people forget too is your purpose doesn't have to be some massive, you know, magnificent magnum opus. Did you like my uh, alliteration there? Yeah, totally. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be, you know, like Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, that magnum opus that people are calling it. We'll get to that in a few minutes, by the way. We got to talk about that. But on the <laughs> other hand, like sometimes your purpose is being an encouragement in your workplace. So you have a job. You may not be like, Oh, this job was my dream, but the impact that you're having on your coworkers is that which no one else can do. So you just never know. Like your, your purpose can be within those situations. For me, hopefully the show that we put out is having a purpose. Hopefully it is encouraging people. It's entertaining. It's making people laugh. It's making people smile it's being, you know, it's a positive end to the week. That's, I mean, that's our goal. And in fact, it's funny how many people will always say, you know, you got to define your show and you, this is business in general. Right. And so we were talking about that. And I'm like, there's really no way to define my show. And a friend of mine uh, said, you know what? There's a comment in your iTunes comments that said like, it's a, an eclectic mix of hilarious randomness. And he goes, I kind of like that. And I said, that kind of actually describes the show, <laughs> Totally, but it is positive. It's all those questions that I will ask when thinking about my quote purpose and how am I impacting people? And I think that's the thing we can all ask in anything we do. So anyway, that was a total side conversation about that, but I don't know. I felt it was kind of uh, important to encourage each person, encourage you, whatever that purpose is, embrace it. Go after it, utilize it, impact people, have fun. Yeah. Find it first. 
Yeah, well, because it's there. Exactly. I was going to say, you might already know it. Right. I'll, we, we will give ourselves many excuses for fulfilling our purpose. Just like I've been doing with the video side of things, which you brought up a couple minutes ago. I have been stalling the video side of the, the real Brian show for a while, not intentionally, but more out of like, what are we going to talk about? And then everything that I look <laughs> online about is the only way you can succeed on YouTube. By the way, this is what they say is if you niche down and you talk about one topic over and over and over and you put out daily videos about that topic. If you don't oh, do that, you will fail. That's pretty much whatever, but no, well, that's everybody. We're not going to do that. No, I know that's the problem. <laughs> so here I am going against all, and I mean all of the advice, and this is hundreds of YouTubers that I've listened to who shared the same advice. I'm going against all of it. So either I am a complete idiot or <laughs> I'm the smartest person on this earth right now because I'm doing exactly the opposite of what everyone else is doing. <laughs> I doubt it's either one of those things, to be honest. But, I'm kind of uh, hoping I'm a genius. I just figured we were gonna we were gonna just add the option of watching our wonderful faces, or in my case, the top of my face, while you listen. That's all it is. So it's still yeah. the hilarious mix of random, hilarious. What was it again? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, eclectic mix of hilarious randomness. Yeah, it's it's that, but with visuals. Yeah. You guys get to actually watch him do air quotes and watch me kind of dance while I stand at my computer because that's what I do while I'm talking to you guys. I kind of dance. I I kind of weave and like my hips go back. I'm I'm not kidding. It's right right now. My hips are kind of going back and forth. And your hips don't lie. No, they do not. And uh, and you know I I flex my abs and and you won't see that, but you can at least see my head moving all the time. And oh yeah, it'll add a bit of a little bit more hilarity to the hilarity. There are times where <laughs> you like you were just talking about and other things we do. It's like, man, I wish we would have filmed that. I mean, the day that we did that <laughs> Harry Potter episode way back, you know that. Oh, my gosh. If you could have seen sheer terror's face and what she was doing, <laughs> that would have been a priceless moment. But you didn't. And that was sad. No. So, no. yeah, those are the, the moments that we want to capture. It's not going to be the same because we can't be in person yet. So part of it has been that if I take people's advice, like it's not going to be the show. It's going to be us picking one thing to talk about. And that's just not who I am. I'm a multi-passionate. And in fact, I loved this, that Dave Jackson was telling me, plant your flag and say, I am a multi-passionate. I'm not apologizing for it. The world does not work in my favor or people or in the favor of people like me with that kind of personality, because it's all about niches. It's all about pick one thing, pick a career, stick with it till you die kind of thing. I'm sure probably most people have never thought about this before, but the truth is, is that's what we're taught to do since we're kids is pick one thing and go after it. And those of us with multiple interests are called ADHD or, or, <laughs> or we're not committal. We don't commit, you know, it's like, dude, guys, I'm doing my air quotes again. <laughs> Maybe I don't commit to things. <laughs> you're practicing for, for videos, what you're doing. It's so keep great. it up. So I say that as for those of you who have multiple passions and I'm not talking like you have two, three or four things that you love and that's all you do. Like that's normal. Those of us who are abnormal, which I like to, we're, we're, we're a super normal. How about that? Supra normal, supra normal. We have so many passions and interests and curiosities and hobbies and everything that there's literally not enough time in our life to finish everything. And I've had conversations with people that say those exact words in, in society's eyes, there's something wrong with us. And I'm saying, no, there's nothing wrong with us. This is amazing. This is who we are. And because the world is not designed for that personality, that's why they say that the real Brian show cannot work is because it is too much variety. And I'm like, screw that. That's exactly what it's supposed to be because that's who we are. are. (laughs) So I'm going to prove the world wrong by launching. That's why I've been holding back on videos because I didn't think we could make this work on YouTube. Well, I'm going to prove them wrong. So that's the first thing. And the second thing was trying to figure out how to set up the studio because, you know, in audio, I don't have to wear clothes But with video. There's just more considerations, you know, your backdrop, the lighting, the quality of your camera. You got to have the freaking chicken right behind your head. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of little things like that that you got to consider that you don't have to with with podcasting. And so 
on one hand, it's been a journey. And on the other hand, dude, I am totally nerding out on it because I mean, I love being in front of the camera. I think it'll be fun. I've never really done it much, so I don't know how good we're going to be at it, but it's going to be fun. Well, we, we have to we have to do a test episode coming up, so yeah. it's coming. It, it's We're getting closer. So Yeah, well, so I've got, you know, the cameras ready to go. I've got my lighting. I've got, and I'm doing this, you know, as inexpensively as possible because you can spend a ridiculous amount of money on setups for YouTube. I mean, it's over the top, thousands upon thousands of dollars. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. So anyway, working on that kind of stuff, I actually need to mount my monitor because it's huge. And the footprint of the stand (laughs) is like taking up half my desk and I need some room. So it's like little things like that that you don't consider. And it's like, well, where's my camera going to go? Right where the monitor's at. So I need to move the monitor out of the way. (laughs) It's just fun things like that. So I'm having a good time. I've been brainstorming and researching like crazy and yeah, it's going to be fun. So there you go, man. That's what I'm nerding out on. What about you? I discovered something. I read about something back last year that I've been meaning to share on the on the show for quite some time. And, and, and a lot of you may have heard about this. If you follow any sort of anthropological or scientific circles, and I'm, I'm not an anthrop, I'm not even an amateur anthropologist, but I'm interested in that kind of thing because you know me, I like history. And so I like to think back, you know, what was life like thousands of years ago? And what's life going to be like thousands of years from now? That type of thing. My brain always likes to go there. So in Colombia in 2017, 2018, that area, in that rough time, some researchers discovered what they're calling the Amazon Sistine Chapel of the Ancients. Oh, wow. It's kind of ridiculously amazing what they've discovered. They've discovered literally tens of thousands, literally tens of thousands of roughly 12,000-year-old rock paintings along eight miles of rock face in the Colombian rainforest. Wow. The find was kept secret until the end of 2020 when they did this. Channel 4 in England did a a special on it. And uh, archaeologists and geologists have determined that the area was in in the process of transforming from a savanna just after the last ice age into the rainforest we see today, because mm. many of the animals depicted are not jungle animals at all. They're oh, like weird. horse, they're like early horse analogs and larger animals that you don't see in jungles. Huh. So a lot of extinct animals are depicted alongside human, alongside human handprints and uh, seemingly what they're thinking is like religious iconography. And the paintings, if you're wondering how on earth could 12,000 year old paintings survive that long in a, in a rainforest? Well, they were painted on rock faces that are sheltered from the rain. Okay. Uh, and actually, some of the paintings where the rain has started to incur are all blurred out, but the vast majority of them are, are actually still pretty sharp, and they're in a very inaccessible part of the jungle, so nobody's disturbed them. And, the, and if you're interested at all in this, there's dozens of articles about this find that have been released since last November, I think. That is cool. Uh, I definitely got to look that up. Yeah, you see, you can see they they give they've got dozens and dozens of, of photos of of different segments of the walls. I mean, they they're saying it's going to take literally generations of anthropologists and archaeologists to decipher all of these paintings. Hmm. That's cool. Generations. It's probably the biggest archaeological slash anthropological find, definitely of the 21st century so far, and possibly of the entire century. No, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's cool. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to find out more about that that's cool yeah twelve thousand years old guys yeah well speaking of really cool educational moments it's time for captain's origins so this week i'm going to talk about the phrase biting the bullet oh yes we've all heard that you gotta gotta bite the bullet and get it done yeah you feel sick to your stomach just bite the bullet and go throw up right So, to, I'm so, sure I've to, heard that one, but <laughs> well, it's just an example, yeah. uh, one that I, I can relate to. Girl, get a spew, spew this, this to bite the bullet, quote unquote. And I'm doing air quotes. I'm, I'm practicing for video too. If you want to uh, bite the bullet, <laughs> to, to bite the bullet, I, as we, as most of us know, is to endure a painful or otherwise unpleasant situation that is seen as unavoidable. That's this is from Wikipedia. The phrase was first recorded by Rudyard Kipling in his oh, yeah. 1891 novel, The Light That Failed. It has been suggested that it is derived historically from the practice of having a patient clench a bullet in their teeth as a way to cope with the pain of a surgical mm-hmm. procedure without anesthetic, as in on a battlefield. Yeah. Though evidence for biting a bullet rather than a leather strap during surgery is sparse. So there's not much evidence that people actually did bite bullets rather than like a leather strap or a wood dowel or like we've seen in movies where someone's about to have their legs sawn off, the phrase has been speculated to have evolved from the British expression, quote, to bite the cartridge, unquote, 
which dates to the Indian Rebellion of 1857 on the subcontinent of India. But the phrase, quote, chew a bullet with a similar meaning dates to at least 1796. So people have been throwing a version of this phrase around since the 18th century, late 18th century. Now, here's here's what I'm going to call Captain's Common Sense Editorial. It seems to me that this phrase is probably more colorful than realistic. I would think that if one was about to undergo surgery without anesthetic on a battlefield or whatever, that biting anything as hard as a bullet would just break all your teeth and cause all sorts of peripheral pain. Oh my right? gosh! Yeah, yeah. So uh, even even old style bullets like that were that were much softer, just solid lead mini balls or something like that in the Civil War or something like that. If you bite into that, you're still going to break your teeth. Yeah, I kind of doubt that it was practiced on the battlefield much, if at all. You know, most movies, like I said, portray a person biting something a little softer, like a leather strap or a stick of wood. Yeah. And I know they're just movies, but to me, that seems probably more like what they did for centuries uh, as they got their limbs sawed off. So, yeah, I would agree with your editorial <laughs> as well. But interesting, though. OK, well, while we're in the educational segment here, uh, I feel like we're just educating. I found something <laughs> that is so important here that playing video games. Let me say that again. Gaming. Let's go with gaming. Yeah. Gaming reduces risk of depression. Wait, what? Wow, really? Is this true? <laughs> you know, I think it, I think it makes sense. I haven't read the article you're going to reference, but I think it makes sense just because, and, and again, so I'm throwing another editorial out before I've even read the thing, right? Yeah. I just think that the concept makes sense because it, it distracts people who are depressed from their depression. Okay, yeah, and that's a good point too. That's actually not what they talk about though from the oh, study, okay. but that's actually an interesting, interesting perspective. Although... I think I can speak to from some personal experience that a distraction from something negative, whether it's, you know, you're in a depressed state, you're angry, you're sad, whatever, right? I think it could kind of help a little bit. So I actually heard this from our friend, Chris listens to the show. Hello, Chris. Mm -hmm. Hi, Chris. And thank you for listening. He said that, you know, there's a thing called what they call thought replacement. So if you're thinking going down like a, a negative or a um what does he call it? uh, it's not just, it's not positive thinking it's not positive psychology but it's correct thinking that's what it is okay because sometimes it's hard to be positive when it's better to be correct you know so the idea if you're having quote incorrect thinking which you know whatever that thought may be sometimes it's hard to you know as they say quote take that thought captive and be like nope not going to do that. I'm going to think this instead. It's very hard to do that without training. So they'll talk about the idea of distracting yourself with something that kind of pulls you out of that moment until the habit forms in your mind that whenever you start to go down the path of incorrect thinking, you're like, oh, yeah, never mind. I got to go over here and do something fun. Oh, okay. So there yeah, is that, that, that like you were talking about with the idea of distracting you from being depressed or other things like that. It can. On the other hand, I think that playing video games can actually create depression in some scenarios. Yes. Like if you're playing a first person shooter and, and every time you spawn, you get killed immediately. That's more anger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We call that game rage, gaming rage. Yeah. Rage quitting. (laughs) Rage quitting. Uh, Yeah. I had that last, last week when we were playing battlefront, I was getting very upset. I just, it Uh. wasn't fun. That was the problem. Even though I liked the game, it got to the point where we were playing a team that just wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, that's different. What I mean is that when you're already in a depressed state and you're playing games to try to distract rather than overcome the depression, mm-hmm. it doesn't fix the problem. Right. It's like putting true. a bandaid on a gaping wound kind of thing. Just yeah, you're right. Really it work, is a bandaid. So. Yeah. yeah. So in this particular study, though, this is this is interesting to me, though. It's a UK study. They were showing that boys specifically who regularly played video games at age 11 were less likely to develop depressive symptoms three years later. Hmm. And so what that meant is so, by the way, they're looking at 24% fewer depressive symptoms three years later than boys who played video games less than once a month, which to me, that's okay. That's pretty significant. What they were now, here's the other caveat. This effect was only significant among boys with low physical activity levels. Oh, okay. So in other words, gaming was their primary source of entertainment, you think? Uh, Or they just weren't the kind of people who were outside playing as much kind of thing. Okay. Even though like there are those of us who we game, we love gaming and we get outside and we do physical activity as well. Technically, that's the best balanced approach. We want that. 
of but, course. But for these people, they're saying they had low physical activity. So they were saying that this might suggest that less active boys could derive more enjoyment and social interaction from video games because they're not outside with their friends doing stuff like that. I see. So point is, is that if you're an active person, this may or may not apply kind of thing. But what they were really getting into was the idea that playing video games could support mental health because of problem solving, social, cooperative and engaging elements from gaming. Right. Which I completely agree with that. So that's amazing. No, And that makes sense, too. Like, for example, I play uh, I still play World of Warcraft. The guild that I'm in when we do raids together, they're fantastic. Yeah really supportive and it's just it's like a little community of friends that you only interact with online so in in those circumstances i mean i don't feel that i don't really personally need that but i could totally see where that would really help somebody who's struggling with you know self-esteem or or just uh, a interaction you know human interaction issues stuff like that Uh, especially with the COVID epidemic going on that that sort of online gaming interaction as long as it's positive and supportive could totally make be like the difference between life and death for that person in some cases. So, yeah, well, and you know, in your particular situation too, you might find that you are deficient in some areas. If you didn't like you say, well, I don't really need those, but if you never had those, you might find out later that, Oh, actually I did need those. Cause yeah, I mean, maybe. you get a pretty good dose of, you know, social interaction with gaming. And if you were to take it all away for a period of time, you might realize that it, actually was a good thing. I mean, who knows? That's possible. Yeah, you never know. And I know they're talking about 11-year-old boys in particular, but then they also go on to talk about that, you know, adults, adolescents, I mean, everybody, children, everybody's just like, the amount of time that we spend sitting down is really bad for us, and so we need to reduce that. We need to get up. But they're also saying that screen use in this particular situation with gaming can actually be really good, which goes back to what I've been saying is that to me, social gaming, especially like you said, during COVID has been a necessity. It's been a really, really positive thing for me. Mm. And I do love the idea of solving problems and working together and having that cooperation. And that's why I like co-op games so much, which is another reason why I'm still really, really enjoying Valheim too, because there, there's a, well, here's the thing about, we just talked about this to me. I'm getting really tired of the brainless fighting in games that literally you just come in and you just, literally do nothing but kill people and die ad nauseum. It it's fun. And then it gets really old after a while for me. Sure. And some people, man, that's all they do for hours on end every single day for months and years on end, you know, more power to them if that's something they enjoy, but that's not my thing. Like I need more variety to my games. Well, yeah, multi-passionate. There we go. The thing I love about Valheim is that there's, there's so much variety to it. There is the creative aspect. There is the teamwork. It's a chill vibe, you know, there's so many things you can do in that game. And unfortunately, a lot of people have dropped off because to them, it's quote too boring and too slow. Everybody's going to get tired of a game eventually, right? I still only play Valheim with you guys, and it's because of that cooperative cooperative gameplay. Mm-hmm. I don't play it by myself anymore. So yeah, uh, it's, it's not as fun to play by yourself, to be honest. I mean, I'm kind of in that place, too, where I'm like, eh, you know, it's OK. But when we're all doing even here's the thing, even if we're all on together and just kind of building our own things and we're just hanging out. That's still fun for me. Yeah. But if I'm doing it by myself, it's, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. We're talking, we're hanging out. I, I would say that the result of that is getting up, moving around, getting outside physical exercise, regardless of how old you are is essential. Yeah. But for, you know, people who are using gaming for problem solving and social and engaging and cooperative elements, dude, good thing, man. It's a good thing. Yeah. So it's those a good are things, substitute for the other social interactions that they might've had before yeah. the pandemic started. So agreed. What's on our, what's on our playlist, man. What's on our watch list. What's on our honk list. Honk list is gaming, which I already talked about because we say, you know, Hey, you want to go honk? That's gaming. Yeah. We're, you want to go right. game, but what are we watching? Well, Falcon and winter, the Falcon and the winter soldier. Sorry. I just wanted to, you know, is that what it's called? The Falcon and the winter soldier. Yeah, It's a very long That's title. Too many thos. I yeah. agree. It should just be Falcon and winter soldier. Exactly. Even though it is technically <laughs> the Falcon, like the real Brian, you can't say real Brian. That's just not right. It's the, that's my first name. I've watched the first two episodes and you are getting ready to here shortly. So I will not spoil, but I will say that I do stand corrected a, a little bit. I was mentioning like, well, okay, you know, these are 
among my least favorite Avengers, which they still are, by the way, because they had really no backstory. And I mean, Bucky did, you know, the Winter Soldier did a little bit, but it wasn't one of my favorite stories. It was kind of like, oh, you know, he's kind of a brooding, depressed kind of guy. And I get it. Like, if you look at his story, you, you understand why. Right. But it was still just not one of my favorite characters to watch. And he's still okay. I'm still not like, yay, now I'm a Bucky fan. It's just more of a, okay, you know, he's, he's, he's cool. He's good. Bucky. I mean, that's his nickname, you know, <laughs> Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. <laughs> it is. a. I, I think somebody even made fun of that in the, in the, one of the episodes. Bucky, How could you not? That's a real name. <laughs> Michael Bolton. <laughs> the Falcon finally is getting some backstory, which I appreciate. He is yeah. a funny guy. I like his character. I feel more for him, you know, like, oh, this is kind of, you know, finally I get, I get something about, I didn't know much about him. He just was one of the side characters in all the Avengers movies. And so now it's kind of like, okay, cool. They're doing some stuff. So to me, it is now enjoyable. I'm liking it, but it is definitely a very slow burn on story development, which I'm not opposed to. It's just interesting that here we are two episodes in and I kind of feel like we're kind of, are we going anywhere? that's sort of how WandaVision was too, right? I mean, you could you could argue that the first three episodes of WandaVision were also a slow burn. And you then episode and then, four, just, it's like, oh, that's what's happening. But then once you get to the end, you realize that none of it was a slow burn. So Fair I'll enough. That so maybe, it'll, yeah, maybe that'll be what, what the deal is with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, we'll see. But, I uh, mean, it, it's yeah. totally worth watching. Don't I mean, if you're, a yeah. Mar- if you're a Marvel fan, Avengers fan, all that, totally worth watching. It's interesting. But in a way, it's interesting that they're kind of bringing in the the side, I don't even know what you said. The side, side heroes. They're, they're developing the side characters. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that's a good thing though. Another show, Lord Thunder recommended this. It's called Debris. It is currently airing right now. Well, I just started watching it, but I've only gotten like maybe 15 minutes into it. But I was curious if anyone has seen it, what your thoughts are. He thought it was a really good show and he was asking for feedback too from people like, what'd you guys think? So I'm going to watch it and give some feedback later, but um, it's an interesting premise so far, which go check it out. Just go check it out. I have always been a big fan of the show Superstore. I've mentioned it before on the show. They kind of surprised everybody. They weren't planning on this originally, but they decided to wrap the entire series. So the uh, penultimate and series finale episodes both happened this last week, which is sad. Like, ah, it's like, no, I wanted to keep going. But at the same time, I, I think it probably was time for it to come to an end. I actually have not watched the final two episodes. I'm, I'm kind of like procrastinating those because yeah. I don't really want it to end yet. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. But I saw that they got like exceptional, exceptional ratings, like 9.7 out of 10. Oh, wow. People saying like, wow, these, these were, this was like the best way to wrap the show. So I can't wait to watch it, but I've been kind of putting it off on purpose too. How many, to how many seasons did they end up going? Six. Well, that's enough, dude. That's enough. They could have gone more, but some things happened in season six that I, I think it kind of was like, yeah, it's time for it to be done. Okay. Which it's fine. It was a good run and you know, don't, don't beat it into the ground. If it sucks, you know, if you run out of ideas, move on. So there, I forgot about this one too. The flight attendant I mentioned a couple of weeks ago and I said, oh, it's an interesting start. It's a Berlanti eight episode season. I just finished episode six. So I have two episodes left. I don't really know what's going on. The first episode was just like sucks you in and you're going, whoa. And then it just is like this, like, I don't know, episodes two, three, four, five, and six were kind of dancing around the whole plot. Like, where is it going? What are we doing? And there's a lot of time, a lot. And I mean, like I'm emphasizing this one more time, a lot of time spent on Kaylee Cuoco's character, how kind of basically messed up she is psychologically. You know, she's got a lot of pain in, in her life and her dad was horrible and she's she's an alcoholic and so there's a lot of like drunk night escapades that go on with her and, you know, not remembering things and there's a lot of time focused on that and then on her kind of mental anguish. After five episodes of that, I'm just like, dude, get to the point. Like, what's going on <laughs> with the story? I don't want to see that anymore. So I don't know. I don't know where it's going. I mean, at this point, it's two episodes left, so I feel like I, I just need to finish it so I can find out what happened because I still don't know. But yeah, if you're if you're six know. in, go for it. Yeah, it's once again, one of those like, I don't know if I'd recommend it or not. It's interesting. If you're into that, go for it. I don't know. But there you go. One movie that people have been talking about like crazy is Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League, oh, not yeah. the 2017 version that Joss Whedon took over and changed. But this one, 
Let me explain this really quickly. Zack Snyder was on the set, did the original Justice League. What he has now, whatever this version is that we're watching right now, was what the movie was intended to originally be like. And then something happened with the studio. Also, very sadly, Zack Snyder's daughter had committed suicide. So there's two stories here where Zack said, I have to leave the set because we need to deal with the family. And then the other story is they forced him off the set because they didn't like where he was going with it. So I don't know which one's true, but take your pick. Then what happened was they said, oh, you know what? We, we need to kind of like make it a little lighter to compete with Avengers and Marvel and stuff like that. So they brought in Joss Whedon to make it funnier. And then they ended up cutting close to 90%, right around 90% of what Zack Snyder originally did, basically. And then reshot a bunch of new stuff for the 2017 Joss Whedon version. Huh. And a lot of that was not taken well. You know, it got low ratings. I think it was like a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. A lot of people hated it, so on and so forth. Then there was a lot that came out that said, oh, Zack Snyder said, well, that's not what I, that's not what I did. That was not my movie, you know? Right. So it was this whole idea of, oh, do the Zack Snyder cut. And so that whole thing turned into finally he released, here's the original Justice League, the way it was intended to be, the way I did it, so on and so so on and so forth, right? So on and so forth. So on and so forth. Well, the goods really quickly is that the story made a lot more sense. The big bad, the evil person thing, <laughs> the, uh, the not, Thanos analog. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the, the detail on that one, but that <laughs> made a lot more sense and it was different than the 2017 version, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, oh, yeah, they totally cut out the big bad in the Whedon version and they changed it. Huh. One of the biggest things that I saw that was different is that Batman was totally disrespected in the 2017 Whedon version. I mean, he he was made to look like an idiot throughout the entire movie. And again, in the Zack Snyder version, that was not the intention. Batman was supposed to be respected. He was responsible for pulling everybody together. He respected others. So why they did that to Batman in the 2017 version was not only puzzling, but also like kind of insulting. Thank God there is no CGI upper lip for Superman. (laughs) That was uh, fixed. (laughs) But here's the thing. All of that stuff where there was the CGI upper lip, that was all filmed like extra filming that they did for the Whedon version that was not originally in the Zack Snyder version anyway. (laughs) So that's why it was so stupid. So that's not an issue anymore. That's just Um, crazy that they would chop Snyder's original take up that much to insert Joss's rendition into it. I mean, what, why, why did they make so much more work for themselves? That's, that's fascinating to me. I don't know. They didn't like it. It is a very Snyder feel. It's very, uh, it's very slow. It's dramatic. There's a lot of, a lot. It's like JJ Abrams is, you know, uh, what do you call those sun, sun flares, lens flares, lens flare. Yeah. Yeah, You know how he just like overdid the lens flare in all the star Trek movies. This is the Zack Snyder version of the lens flare where there's just overdone slow motion scenes. They do a lot of slow motion scenes. Yeah. Almost to the point where it's like, okay, too much. It's cool for, (laughs) I like it for the, the effect and the flare, you know, not, not the lens flare, but the actual real flare. Like that's good. I like that flare. Yeah. When you have too many slow motion scenes, it's kind of like, okay, okay. Get to the point here. And it is a very serious, not really that funny, not really lighthearted movie at all because that's very Zack Snyder style. So I can see that if they were trying to compete with Avengers, well, they were going to lose that battle because Avengers is funny and it's witty and it's action. And this is not even close to that. But you know what? That's good because it's different. And that's what DC needs is to not try to copy Marvel. They need to do their own thing. So um, I liked it. I thought it was far better than the 2017 Whedon version. I went back. Actually, it was funny as I was watching it. By the way, this is a four hour long movie. So four hours yeah. and it's in six parts. Yes. So plan accordingly. Oh, plus an epilogue. So seven parts. Here was the thing I did is that I would watch a chunk of the movie and then I would stop for the night and then I would go back and I would watch like quick scenes of the 2017 version to see what they changed and how they changed it. And it, it was pretty dramatic. And some of the scenes huh. even that they kept, they would change dialogue for some reason. Weird. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it, that part I get it's the, it's the, sh- it's the shots that they changed that, 
weirds me out. Well, okay. There was one. Okay. So those of you who've seen both movies or even the original movie, there's a scene in there where there's a robbery at the beginning of the movie and there's a bunch of kids that are there and yeah. wonder woman comes in and saves the day kind of thing. Well, yeah. there's this scene where when she basically dodges all the bullets and, you know, stands up and looks at him, he goes, I don't believe it. And in the original <laughs> Zack Snyder's version, she goes, believe it. And then she, you know, smashes her gauntlets together and it crashes all the windows out destroys and, the building yeah. unnecessarily. <laughs> and the guy goes flying out the window, right? Well, that's, that's the Zack Snyder. This is not a spoiler, by the way. It's no. just what it is, right? Well, the Whedon version is <laughs> he goes, I don't believe it. And then he goes, who are you? And she goes, a believer. And then she starts to smash her gauntlets together and then it cuts to a different scene. So, oh, okay. First of all, why <laughs> did you edit that? That makes no sense at all. And what the heck does I'm a believer even mean? Huh. So that was kind of one of those like, that's a dumb edit. That makes. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I uh, yeah, this is a much, much better movie, but there's one bad thing here. I think you and I agree on this one. For whatever oh, reason, there's no thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know what this is all about. Instead of it being in widescreen format, like every other movie, everything is today, else, yeah, yeah. Every TV show today, they did it in the four three ratio, which is the old you know square tube CRT TVs, twentieth century filming, yeah. basically. Why did they do that? And everyone's like, "Is this a joke?" Well, no. Yeah, Zach I, thought, Snyder, I thought HBO was. I thought HBO was jipping me. Yeah. I thought that they were like, it was like some kind of, they were saving on streaming bandwidth or something like that. It's like, why can't I switch this to widescreen format? What are you doing to me? And then I found out, go ahead. Yeah. This was a intentional choice for an artistic perspective. Yeah. Why? So, How is that artistic, by the way? So here's my, here's my theory. First of all, this is an epic film. I highly recommend it. I thought it was probably the best DC movie ever made. In my opinion, I enjoyed it right alongside Man of Steel, which, again, I seem to be alone in loving. Oh, no, no, but, you're not. You're not. Okay. A lot of people well, loved I, Man of Steel the best. Okay. Well, a lot of people I know did not. I did but, not, um, but a lot of people yeah. did. <laughs> but I didn't I hate think, it, though, by the way. Just I mean, I... I hear you. I honestly think that whoever's in charge of DC should just ask Snyder to make the rest of the films and pay him whatever he wants at this point. However, that four-three ratio that they that he decided to film this in for artistic reasons was the movie's biggest, hands down, biggest handicap. I agree, and a foolish decision on his part. And I'm pretty sure he knows it, regardless of whatever you may say to the contrary. I think that here's my theory. I think that. Before he decided to film or really, however, whatever the decision was to start to do this in 4-3, he was on the phone with J.J. Abrams and he was going, yo, J.J., I had this idea. Uh, what, what if I just kind of went out there on this artistic limb and film and, you know, released the full better version of, of Justice League in 4-3 ratio? And J.J. goes, you know what, Zach? That's a great idea. They're going to eat it up anyway. And if they don't like it, screw them. Who cares? Yeah, that's what that's what happened. He was on the phone with JJ. JJ's it's JJ's fault. I know it was JJ's fault. Because no rational person would make an epic superhero movie, the best in the DC universe in my opinion, without utilizing literally half of people's widescreens. It's yeah. almost insulting. Well, I don't know how else to say it. Interestingly enough, there are people that enjoyed the artistic aspect of it. I doubt really? he's going to release a widescreen version. And uh, so it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's going to piss off some and it's going to endear others. I would eat my shoe if it didn't make more people and critics unhappy than it made the handful of people who yeah. may, for some strange reason, appreciate the artistic license happy. I'd, it just boggles my mind. But honestly, that's, in my opinion, that's the only bad thing about this movie. The rest of it was fantastic. It's yeah. a great film. I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's great. Totally recommend it. One last thing I wanted to mention. Lee Steven, Bad Kitty, been on the show a few times in the past, and uh, he's planning on coming back here soon. He just wrote a new book called Hyperspace, The World Between Worlds. I'm excited because he gave us um, the ability to check out the book and we're reading it in advance so that we can bring him on the show and talk about it. And then um, it'll be you know ready for the release date, which is coming up really soon, actually. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll have him on. Now, you're a much faster reader than I am. And so you'll probably finish the book. I probably won't, but I'm going to get as far yep. as I can on it. But so far... Uh, we're both enjoying it. I mean, it's, it, it's classic, awesome science fiction, which, you know, for those of you sci-fi fans, this is, this is the way it's at. So we're With excited. With a bit of humor too. So yeah, 
We're excited to bring him on to talk about it and get you excited as well. So you have a new book to read, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost halfway through it and it's pretty good. So yeah. yeah, awesome, dude. Okay, man. Well, I appreciate this. This was fun. By the way, we mentioned this on the show the last couple of weeks, but I really want to mention this again. It's really, really important. I know some people have said that, you know, I had love to support the show on Patreon, but you know, right now that's just not something they can do. Times have been tough. I get it. Totally understood. And I appreciate the desire and totally understand the situation you're in and that kind of thing. That's why we finally were able to qualify as an Amazon associates, which is the Amazon affiliate program. So anytime you buy something on Amazon, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you use our affiliate link, you just click the link and then buy whatever it is you want. It doesn't charge you anything additional, but instead of all of the money going to Amazon, a percentage comes back to the real Brian show to help support the show, which is awesome. So yes. I love this because honestly, this is the way it should be with anything. Like I personally, this has been my practice that anytime I'm going to buy something, if I can use someone as affiliate link, I always do because why not? I'd rather money yeah, go back to my favorite people that I want to support than just the big box Amazon. <laughs> you know, it's an easy thing to do too. And here's how you do it. If you have a Amazon link on your web browser, just redirect that link to the real Brian shows page where you have the little button you click on and it goes directly to your account. I mean, it's just, it's literally just a, it, it directs you one extra place and you click on the button uh, at the TRBS website and you're into your account. You just order things like you ordinarily would and it's no different. So you just relink your account. That's all you have to do. Yeah. You can save that link as a bookmark, which is probably the easiest right. thing to do. Basically log into your Amazon account and then close that tab or that browser or whatever, and then go to the real Brian show. And I know this is a little bit of an extra step, but in the beginning, it's an extra step. Anytime we recommend something, by the way. So last week and the week before we had a bunch of books and stuff we were recommending, and I linked every one of those books to Amazon and you can choose whether you want a paper book or a hardcover or Kindle or audiobooks version or whatever, you know, the audible version. Totally up to you. But stuff like that is going to be in all of our show notes. And then there's a general link that is now, it's actually on the uh, the support page for The Real Brian Show. And it's also on now every blog post for each episode. So in this case, realbrianshow.com slash 274 you can just scroll down basically and find the actual link, click on it. And that's it. It just takes you to the Amazon homepage, but it's an affiliate link at that point. And then, you know, if you ever need to buy something from Amazon, there you go. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So please, please consider using it again. It doesn't cost you anything else. Now, if you're already supporting someone else through their affiliate links, that's fine. It's cool. I'm not asking you to change, but if you're not supporting anyone through that. Then do consider. And if you're one of those, Hey, I only support local shops. Then, Hey, you know what? Do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm totally up for that. But anyway, I get that. we appreciate it. It's just an extra way to help support the show and, you know, keep us moving forward. But thank you for joining us. Man, it's been fun. Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. If I'm ever about to get a limb sawn off and nobody has a Vicodin handy, I'd like to bite down on an otter pop. The frozen fruity goodness might just turn my screams of agony into ecstasy. And you know what the music means. Mm, I'm still thinking of Otter Pops. I'm sorry. Otter pops. What? Those were good. Oh, man. music. Yeah. I love Otter Pops. Mm, push Pops, Otter Pops. Take you back to your kid childhood. Oh, yeah. Mm. What? Where we? Oh, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Have an absolutely amazing week. We will see you next week. And The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.